This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or For His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning. Welcome to our online service. I'm so glad that you're choosing to join us today. Six days before Christmas. It's hard to believe it's come so fast. Maybe in this final week, you're doing some last minute preparations, buying some last minute gifts. And speaking of gifts, this is what we're going to be talking about today. The gifts that the three wise men brought to Jesus when he was born and the gift that we receive this time of year. Unfortunately, so many take for granted, but it's a gift that we can just reach out and grab, grab onto. And my prayer is that as we're on this final countdown to Christmas, that it'll be the, gra- the gift that you grab onto and, and take into your hearts because Jesus is the reason for the season. So lots of things to talk about today, but before we get started, let's open with prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that as we are this close to Christmas, that you will just open up our hearts and our ears for what it is that you have for us today. Holy Spirit, we just invite you into this place to work and move, uh, that I will be anointed so that I can speak your truth with love. And I just pray in these few moments that we can lay everything down, uh, put aside the worries, the concerns, the things that we're struggling with, And just open up our hearts to you, Lord, so that we can renew our minds and worship you in a way that, because you are worthy to be praised. So we just thank you for this time that we can all come together as a body of believers. We love you. We praise you. We ask all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus who saves. Amen. So when we get to this time of year, six days before Christmas, we seem to be focusing on gifts. Did I, did I get everybody a gift that I wanted to give? Do I have, you know, uh, the right amount for each child? Did we get enough for the grandkids? Did we uh, bring that gift and put that gift together for the neighbor? I mean, the countdown is on and we're going off of our list of the things that we need yet to do and gifts seems to be the priority, making sure that everybody's got a gift. And at the same time, right, we're focusing, hopefully prayerfully, we're focusing on the gift of Jesus and how God sent him into the world for us. Now Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 7:14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son and she will call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel translated is God with us. So we have this gift, right? And for so many hundreds of years, the people were separated from God. And, And now we have this opportunity as God sent his son into the world, that he is now with us, that we can be a part of him, that we can commune with him, that we can walk with him. So we're celebrating this gift, Emmanuel. And in turn, we have created this season as a way to give a gift of love 
to someone else. I mean, that's why we do the presents. It's, it's not to have this one time of year that we can just buy and give and do the things that we want to do for our family, our friends. It's really designated as a way for us to give that gift of love to someone else in honor of what God has done for us. And so at Christmas, we give gifts to family. We give gifts to friends. We give gifts to people that we don't even know. A small representation of the gift that we received in Christ Jesus. So when I get to this time of year and I'm thinking about gifts, not just the gifts to be able to give to my family, uh, not, not just the gift of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, I typically, this time of year, I always think of the three wise men, the magi, and the incredible journey they took to find Jesus and the gifts that they brought him. Their whole story is amazing, uh, just how they followed the star, how they arrived, what they brought. And so I want to talk about them today and, and what we can learn from the wise men. So we need to know this, the, the three kings or magi are only mentioned in the Gospel of Matthew, specifically Matthew 2 verses 1 through 12. So let's just take a minute. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 2, and that, that's what we're going to be reading uh, today, that text, Matthew 2, 1 through 16. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had happened, had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. 
stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the one child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Lots of things happening, lots of moving parts, lots of people. And so as we kind of unpack this, we have to realize just from the limited information that we've gotten here in this text, few details are given about these men in the Bible. And most of our ideas about them actually come from tradition or speculation. Scripture does not say how many wise men there were, but it is generally assumed that there were three since they brought three gifts, the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. And as I looked into these men to to kind of have a better understanding of of who they were or or what drove them, I, I looked at different resources. And different sources say that the Magi were both uh, not only real, but symbolic. And the realness of them is, is what we see, right? But without giving specific names in the Bible, without going into backgrounds in the Bible, there's there's representation of who they are. There's representation of what they have done. And, and we see this in other um, places in the Bible. As real men, the three kings confirmed ancient prophecies about Jesus being the Messiah. And as symbols, right, this representation of, of what they represented, they showed that Jesus came to save all the people rich and poor, learned or unschooled from anywhere in the world. Now remember when the first angelic uh, sign in heaven happened, the angels made themselves known to the shepherds. Shepherds during this time frame were of the lowest of low people. I mean, they lived with their animals out in the fields. They were considered the lowest of men, the poorest. And so now we have this contrast, right? That, that Jesus revealed himself, God revealed himself in the knowledge of, of what was happening to also the richest of men. The opposite end of the social and economic scale as the shepherds who were visited right after his birth. So... God is showing us that he was for all people, not just the rich, not just the poor, not just the unlearned, not just the learned. He's for all men and women. And that, that's something that I want to grab onto, that I want to believe in, that he came for everyone, including me. Now, as we talk about this, right, magi, uh, wise men, um, King, all three describe these men. 
Magi, King, Wise Men. And in an article written by Jack Zavada, it says the designation Magi refers to a Persian religious caste. But when this gospel was written, the term was loosely used for astrologers, seers, and fortune tellers. Matthew does not call them kings. That title was used later in legends. And about 200 AD, non-biblical sources started calling them kings. Perhaps because of a prophecy in Psalm 7211, may all kings bow down to him and all nations serve him. So because they followed a star, they may have been royal astronomer, astronomers, maybe advisors to kings. And I think, um, like I said, some of this is just speculation. Some of this is just trying to put the pieces together. Because in the text, they remain unnamed. And, and we don't know much of their background. So if we continue like looking, searching, trying to find out truth in different, in different resources based on, again, um, speculation and tradition. Accounts have been told about these three wise men and they actually gave them names. This is how they are often portrayed. Gasper or Casper, who wears a green cloak and a gold crown with green jewels on it. And he is the king of Sheba. And he is known for bringing frankincense. Melchor, who has long white hair and a white beard and wears a gold cloak, he is the king of Arabia. He is the one that brought the gold. And then Balthazar, he had a black beard and wears a purple cloak. And he is known to be the king of Tars and Egypt. And Balthasar brought the gift of myrrh. So again, these are uh, speculations. Um, when people were telling the story, uh, who seemed like would line up with these three unnamed men that are listed in the Gospel of Mark? So they each bring a specific gift, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And for me, when I'm out looking for a gift to bring to a baby shower, to a baby that hasn't even been born yet, or even if the baby's born and I'm dropping off a gift later to their house, I don't think I would have thought about gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Maybe something more practical like a baby blanket or an outfit. But no, these three men were specific in what they put together and carried with them all those miles and miles and miles as they traveled following the star. There wasn't a, a supermarket. There wasn't a, a Walmart. There wasn't a Target. There, there wasn't a Carter's or Baby R, Babies R Us where they could stop by and just pick up a gift. No, they thought about this and, and was intentional with it way before they got on their camels, way before they took off for the journey. So I think it's important, as the Bible tells us, what gifts they brought that we unpack that. We, we figure out what was the reasoning 
for the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So when the wise men discovered Jesus and Mary, they would have been residing in a small, modest little house in Bethlehem. Because by the time Jesus would have been born and by the time they would have arrived, Jesus would have been one or two. When you're watching any of the nativity stories, right, they seem to pull up right after Jesus was born. And then you have the three wise men and the shepherds and all the animals surrounding the nativity scene looking at Jesus and Mary and Joseph with the starlight shining down. And it's just this perfect imagery. And so growing up, that's when I thought they came. But you have to think about when they decided to start following the star and how long it would have taken them and when they would have actually arrived. And the timetable with King Herod, Jesus is one or two. And while those gifts seemed unusual to give a baby, this is what people have uh, associated these gifts with their purpose and their meaning. Gold is affiliated with kings. And, and we believe that Jesus is the king of kings. So giving the gift of gold would have been a proper gift to give to a king. To show, to confirm that kingship. Frankincense is used in liturgical worship and is represented that people would worship and praise Jesus, that they would praise him. And myrrh is a fragrance that is embedded on dead bodies to make the smell more pleasant and represented that Jesus would endure persecution resulting in death. When I think about those gifts being given prophetically, what that stood for as they came and gave it to a one or two year old. That, those are amazing gifts to give. And as I continued my search on understanding, you know, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, because again, the text is, is limited. We can only imagine and understand why they would have given those specific gifts. I found an article by Sherry Abbott who broke down the significant value and the prophetic importance of those gifts, even more so than what I just read off. The treasures the wise men brought were of significant value and prophetic importance. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh are gifts worthy of a king. Again, gold is symbolic of Christ's deity as king. Frankincense represents his purity as the priest of God. And myrrh is suggested of his anointed work as a prophet and of his death. So these three kings brought these gifts with the importance and value of who Jesus was and who he was going to become and what he was going to do. Again, when we say prophetic, we're talking about in the future. So gold in the Bible 
is symbolic of God. When you're, when you're reading um, Exodus and Leviticus and we're talking about how God is asking them to create this temple that he is going to be in, you know, we're talking about all the gold and all the jewels and all the, the silks and the linens and how to prepare the rooms. And so, so gold is incredibly symbolic of God. It represents the most precious of metals and is extremely rare in its purest form. The intrinsic value of gold has been established since ancient times and gold was used to honor kings. Way back to King Solomon who had this ivory throne that was overlaid with the best gold. So, so gold represents royalty. Gold represents God. Gold is pure and a valuable metal and associated with God's precepts, principles, and promises. Jesus is rec recognized as a king, king of the Jews. And Jesus spoke 60 times of the kingdom of God, even during his earthly ministry. That kingdom is here on earth and is found in the hearts of all those who belong to Jesus. So again, we keep reestablishing this, this kingship of who Jesus is and that he rules and reigns not only here and in heaven, but in our hearts. Frankincense represents the high priest of God. It, it is an aromatic clear resin obtained from trees in northern India and Arabia and it is used in incense and perfumes and was treasured for its aroma and healing. The gift of frankincense given by one of the wise men pointed to the work of Jesus as a priest of God. And if you're reading Hebrews over and over again, it shows Jesus compared to Melchizedek, who was the high priest. And time and time again, in verse and verse and verse, talks about Jesus being this high priest. And so, Bible verse after Bible verse points us in that direction about this high priest, this prophet. And Jesus himself confirmed his office as a prophet to Israel. Nevertheless, I must walk today and to tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet perish out of Jerusalem, Luke 13, 33. And Matthew 13, 57, And they were offended in him, but Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. So he's even, in these words, in, in his earthly ministry, he is describing himself as a prophet. And as a prophet, Jesus did the work of the Father. And as a prophet, Jesus spoke the words of the Father. So that's so important for, for us to, to understand that. So when we're thinking about these lessons from the three wise men. 
the three kings and, and what they brought, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When we think about why is their story showcased as part of Jesus' birth, we have to understand that, first of all, they came from so many hundreds of miles away, if not thousands of miles away, and traveled to get to Jesus, and they followed a star. And so one of the very first lessons is when we seek God with sincere determination, and they had sincere determination and were intentional in keeping their course and following the star and making their way to Jesus, it's proof that when we seek him with our whole heart, we will find him. He is not hiding from us, but wants to have an intimate relationship with each one of us. So when we think about that star illuminating the sky, God is not hiding from us. And so oftentimes it feels like he is only because we can't see him with our physical eyes. And yet we come to this time of year and we focus our attention on Jesus and how God illuminated the sky to show three men how to make their way to give honor and praise to King Jesus. Which leads to number two. These men paid Jesus the kind of respect only God deserves, bowing down before him and worshiping him. Jesus is not only this teacher and healer and friend and this admirable person that we look to and want to be like, but he's the son of the living God. He is a king. And so he deserves that admiration. He deserves that worship because he is that worthy. And then finally, when we look at the text and we look at the stories, after the three kings met Jesus, they did not go back the way they came. Now, they were warned, right, to, because if they would have went back to King Herod, they, they um, would have been giving and revealing where Jesus was and that the prophecy was true. But yet, they weren't the same men after they met Jesus. After they traveled all that way and met Jesus, they, they didn't go back the same way, the same journey, because they were changed. They were new. They met the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and they would forever be changed. And isn't that us today? I'm certainly not on the same path that I was before I met Jesus. My life has taken a 180-degree turn when I gave my life over to Jesus, when I was born again and I said, I can't do this anymore. You need to come in and work and move and change me. And, and prayerfully, prayerfully, this is you today, that, that once we know Jesus, our lives are never the same. And we can't go back to our old life. It's impossible. 
So when I, as I look at the story, as I, as I look at this text, as I, as I wade through all of the different speculations and traditions and thoughts about the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and about the three men and who they were and maybe what they were in real life, kings, astronomers, very wise men, it, it makes me ask the question, especially when we get to this time of year and we're focusing on Jesus and stories like this, is are we seeking God the way these men did? They left everything and set out on a journey to find the Messiah. They left at home all of their conveniences, all of their stuff, all of the things that they held dear to them. And if these men had enough, I don't know, money, valuables to be able to bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh, take time off from work and travel all that way, one to two years, they were a, a man, they were men of means. They had money, they had homes, they had things, valuables that they left behind. And yet, Sometimes that's one of the things that trips us up, our security, what we have, what we like to keep around us. I ask myself that question, am I seeking God and am I willing to leave everything behind to do whatever he asks to follow him? How often do we say, it's too much work, it's too long of a journey. What will I have to give up? And what will this cost me? Because I'm kind of busy right now and I have some last minute shopping to do. And when I look at the gifts that they laid at Jesus' feet, baby Jesus, baby Jesus, can we see the King? Can I see the King and who He is? Can we see what God did by sending His Son into the world to be with us, to be Emmanuel? God bridged the gap between Him and man and sent His only Son so that we could cross over, so that we could have full access to God on the throne. And in doing all of that, and in his time on earth, and what he did by going to the cross is to forever cancel the wages of sin and death so that we can have everlasting life. And I think oftentimes I take that gift and I say, well, thank you for everlasting life and for forgiveness of sins. But do I really recognize what it cost Jesus? and what it costs God to just give up his only son and say, I want you to go to earth. No, they don't really like us there. No, not everybody knows us there. Yeah, I've done lots of things for them, but uh, they still choose to uh, go with their flesh. They still choose uh, what they like. They still choose what the enemy is telling them. But even in response to all that, I still want you to go, Jesus, and I want you to heal them and live among them and bridge the gap, and then I want you to die for them. 
See, I think that's where I sometimes don't follow all the way through. I take the gift, but I don't fully recognize the cost. And, and what an amazing gift it is that we can take for granted, but not this time of year. No, this time of year, we need to be fully focused on what that gift is and start off a new year intentionally seeking that truth. He was the ultimate sacrifice that stood in our place so that we can experience the forgiveness of sins. So that we can experience everlasting life. It was the ultimate gift. Am I receiving it that way? This year, this time of year, as we're focused on giving those gifts of love to our family members, to our friends, to the people that we don't know, expressing a small token of the love that God gave all of us, I want to encourage you to think about, as we look at the three wise men and the gifts that they brought to Jesus, I want you to to really think about, are you fully receiving the gift that was given to you? Are you fully focused on what this season is all about? That Jesus is the reason for the season. It's not about the lights. It's not about the cookies. It's not about the gifts that are under the tree and all the Christmas parties and the ugly sweaters and all the things that we tend to make it about. Ultimately, it's about Jesus coming into the world because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him, in Jesus, will have everlasting life. Maybe today you haven't fully received that gift. Maybe you've been putting off knowing Jesus. Maybe you've been asking yourself, what is it going to cost me? How much am I going to have to give up? How much time is this going to take? What, is, what will I lose by following Jesus? I'm here to tell you today that you cannot afford not to follow Jesus. That we truly, when you want to look at the world and the shape of the world and what's happening today, there's only so much time left before Jesus returns. There's only so much time left that there's this opportunity for you to choose. For you to choose Jesus because when he comes back, it's going to be too late. Your, your window of opportunity of choosing, the choice will be made for you because you never chose Jesus for yourself. And when we're talking about the promise, the gift that we're given of everlasting life in heaven and eternity, when you choose Jesus, those who don't choose Jesus are going to get the opposite of that. 
maybe today with all of this information, talking about the gifts, talking about choices, maybe you are ready. Maybe you are ready and feeling led to do that today for the very first time to invite Jesus into your heart. There is no better time than right now. If you've been on the fence, if you've been weighing and measuring and seeing what it was going to cost you, I'm here to tell you that it costs Jesus everything. And it's not going to cost you anything to receive this gift. So if you're feeling led, if you're feeling today, if the Holy Spirit has been working and moving, then I want you to say this prayer with me. So if you would all bow your heads and close your eyes. Dear Jesus, I can see now what you've done for me and I want to have a relationship with you. I believe that you are God's son. I believe that you died on the cross and was raised again from the dead so that I can experience your forgiveness and have everlasting life. Your word tells us that if I declare with my mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, I will be saved. So I admit now that I am a sinner but know that I am now forgiven because of what you've done. So I receive your forgiveness. I repent and I return to the path that you've prepared for me. I invite you into my heart to live, rule, and reign as king, king of my life. I love you. I trust you. And I will follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed this prayer today, I would encourage you to leave a comment in the post so that we can see that you prayed this prayer, so that we can come alongside of you and rejoice with you, so that others can pray for you on your new journey. This is your time. This is your opportunity to receive the ultimate gift, Emmanuel, God with us. This is a gift that does not have any ending. It's, it's alive. It's beautiful. It's the type of gift that you hold in your heart and every day you are blessed knowing that you are the child of the Most High King. I just want to encourage you um, as we go the rest of these six days before Christmas that we all recognize this week and what it is and always that the gift that was given for us, all of us, to receive it into our hearts and, and believe how much God loves us and he sent his gift for all of us. Don't, don't miss it this year. Don't miss the opportunity. Choose it today. Amen. Let's all pray together. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for the story of the three wise men. I thank you that they left their comfortable homes and their lives and they traveled 
in search of you, Lord, and that they were never the same after that. I thank you for the gifts that they brought and what they represent. And I thank you that, that you came for all people, rich, poor, learned, unlearned, uh, the shepherds, the wise men, the kings, and everyone in between. And I just pray that each person listening today, Lord, each person watching will receive that gift that you stand there with your hands held out, offering it up to us saying, I'm here. I came for you. I want you to accept the gift. I pray that each person does today, Lord. And as we make our way to Christmas day, may we focus our eyes and our hearts and be intentional on seeing the true reason why we're celebrating, Lord, that it's Jesus. And even though we spend these final days preparing in our hearts for what's coming, Lord, this, this is a hard time. This is a challenging time. Many people are sick. Many people are suffering. Many people are experiencing persecution in your name. And so we stand together and cancel the plans of the enemy in Jesus' name. He is not allowed to manifest in our lives. He is under our feet. We are your children with dominion and authority in this world. And we praise you, Lord. And so I pray for each person to receive exactly what they need today. The gift is there, that they may receive the gift of healing, the gift of provision, your joy, your peace, and that they will no longer listen to the lies of the enemy. We just thank you for everything that you are going to do I, I thank you, Lord, for each person who's watching and listening today. And I just pray that you will watch over them and be with them in this coming week. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And we ask all of these things in the glorious name of Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget Christmas Eve. We have a candlelight Christmas Eve service that will be coming at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, once it's done with its live version, you'll be able to watch it anytime that you want to. And then we'll be back again um, after Christmas uh, next Sunday. I, I pray that you will be with us. But until then, I wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and blessed New Year. Be blessed. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.